0: Okay, well here we go again. Um, I've been able to wrangle another Americorps alum to sit and chat with me for who knows how long this will go on. Um, so I'm really excited because we're here with Shadé Harrison, and fun fact, um, she actually served in the Americorps program that I served in, and I was the director at the time that she served. So this is like a, re- a mini reunion for us, and I'm so excited um, to be connecting and. Also, another fun fact is we didn't even connect about the podcast. We originally connected about my daughter's looking for an internship and I reached out to Sade. So, you know, this is how the AmeriCorps alumni network works. It's Mm -hmm. like, who do I know or who knows somebody that knows somebody? Right. So I'm going to go through my notes. Um, Welcome to AmeriCorps Connections, where we catch up with Americorps alumni to reflect on their service term and learn what they are up to now. I'm motivated to do this podcast because I know how transformational that my service year was, and in, it wasn't only through the service that I did, but it was through the networking that I created and that I'm continue to create throughout the throughout my service within Americorps and tangentially within Americorps. Um, I want to keep those connections going, so each week I get the honor of chatting with Americorps alums and learning about their service year and the good work learning about their service year, the good, the bad, the ugly, the funny, the crying, all of the above, and then, you know, yeah, what they're totally up to now. Um, These are a few things that I've found out about alumni through these um, interviews, and this is where some of them have landed. Oh, I don't know, producing Netflix shows, um, website designers, Uh, somebody's in like security, like physical security, and I think yeah, physical security, pharmaceutical research and research trials. Um, Someone works at the Nature's Conservancy and several are still in AmeriCorps programming. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I've also spoken with alumni in California and New Mexico and Colorado and Seattle and Wisconsin and most recently in Germany. So I know this is a stateside service, but you know, after our service year, we're all over the place. So right. uh this podcast is officially international. But well, before we get started with our special guest today, um I want to give a shout out to Dan Medavere um from Time or Money Productions. He's per he provides hosting and production consulting for this AmeriCorps Connections podcast. And um Uh, This, this is how we, we get this on every single podcast platform is through Dan's help and he is an AmeriCorps alumni so I so appreciate his support.
1: Um, And again,
0: I know and again this is how like this should be working. Okay, and so that's all of the announcements that I have. Today we're talking with Shadé Harrison um, and we're in Maryland and I already spilled the beans that we already know each other mm-hmm. um, and um, Shadé served at UMB Cures and I'll let you go ahead and tell what that does, what that program is and, and dive into that.
1: Okay. Um,
0: and you know, at the end we have a little special something that she's diving into a little oh i don't know hysteria with terrariums but we'll we'll go, we'll get there um but we got to take the full journey first so um shade if you can just start by um telling us um when you served where you served and then why you served and then we'll go from there yeah i'd love to well first
1: before i even start i want to say thank you for having me Nikki um i'm so happy and honored to be part of this podcast because, um, I, I don't know, connecting AmeriCorps members through all the wealth of resources and knowledge we have together is an amazing cause, so thank you for putting that together, um, uh, and yeah, uh, I'm Shawnee. I served in AmeriCorps specifically, Volunteer Maryland in 2018, I believe, it seems so long
0: ago. Yeah, um, I think it was then, look at yeah. I'm like,
1: yes, that's exactly when. <laughs> yes, today, yes. No, I'm sure it was 2018. Um, And I am a Baltimore native. Um, I'm from Baltimore, born and raised here, and um, have a lot of the experiences that people born in Baltimore have. Like, uh, I come from a really big family, and uh, all growing up, my way to stand out in my family was to do good in school. So I did really great got great grades and had the opportunity to go to Hopkins and I got a degree in uh, public health and psychology. So like many other people who (laughs) go to college after their first year, um, you're kind of stuck wondering like, what do I do from here? Uh, And I was one of those people where my degree kind of niche uh, now that I think about it. And when you're looking for an entry level position out of college, it's like what What do I do? So I found myself doing what I could to pay the bills. Like um, I was, I worked in retail. (laughs) I was saying that I'd worked in the retail space. I'd worked as a research assistant. And uh, right before I applied to my AmeriCorps volunteer Maryland program, I was working at a furniture store um, and I was selling furniture, having a blast, working with my friends. Um, And it, it was a lot of fun but I realized that all of the volunteerism and extracurricular activities and uh, stuff like that that I'd done in college and high school, I kind of, I wasn't a part of. So I felt like I was missing something. So Mm -hmm. I instinctively wanted to look for another opportunity and found myself scrolling through Indeed and found an opportunity that, that literally said, are you looking to grow professionally? Are you interested in volunteerism? And that's how I found the Volunteer Maryland Program. Um, and I'd know nothing about AmeriCorps uh, before I applied. But after I went on my interview and learned that there were opportunities for me to serve uh, at sites that would uh, kind of match and, and meld my professional experience with my volunteer experience. I was so excited to apply and kind of get started at volunteer. Um, I remember on my first day, like on my interview, talking to Sharon and just being so excited who Sharon was the program uh, manager at the time. just being so excited uh, to hear that programs like this existed because it wasn't it was never on my radar um, but but uh, yeah, I was just so it was so refreshing to hear um, now, they, they did say it was going to be a stipend program, which I didn't really understand until I got into it. But um, honestly, uh, I would not change for the world. Uh, I got I had the opportunity to serve at an educational site. So I served at the UMB Cure Scholars Program, which is a after school program, essentially geared toward middle schoolers, but specifically teaching them STEM subjects. STEM subjects so um I was in a classroom every kind of basically every day with over 150 middle schoolers screaming my name Michelle, Michelle. and I was kind of like thrown into it now I come from a really big family so I'm used to being surrounded by children and wrangling them but this was a whole different level this was a whole different experience so um Uh, So the CURE program is a unique program that is not only an after-school program, but uh, it's after-school programming from a holistic standpoint. So these kids got to participate in uh, STEM research projects. They uh, got to participate in their programming at the University of Maryland, Baltimore, which is one of the biggest uh, medical systems here in Baltimore. Um, And they got to be paired through mentorship with uh, university students as well as college students to help them navigate getting, getting to that level to help them navigate um, potentially going into a career in
0: the medical field. So um, I remember, I am just gonna interrupt real fast. I remember, cause you know, I was part, like, I think I was transitioning out of Volunteer Maryland when you started serving, but I remember um, that program and just being like, Wow, you know, identifying middle schoolers. And I think something that's really cool, and you might even be able to speak to this, is that those middle schoolers are graduating now, and they're going into college, and they're graduating from college. And that was a program that was identifying middle school. And was it only girls, or was it... No, not only girls, but they selected students
1: from a target three schools. And those schools happened to be in areas where the the kids might not have had access to certain opportunities. So um, they were very selective in their process, but there was a reason for that, um, to make sure that the kids who were interested had the opportunity to do all the things they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, definitely um, (laughs) it was was an experience. And uh, like you said, the experience of targeting middle schoolers just because of their interest in science and STEM, uh, it, it, was, it, it was, I feel like it was so valuable to them um, and valuable to me. Uh, I remember, it, 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 but as, as I said before, this was way more than just an after school program. Um, these students had access to social workers. Uh, we went to uh, HBC tours, historically black colleges universities to expose students to opportunities outside of baltimore and as a kid from baltimore a lot of us don't don't leave you know so just having that opportunity of um, exposing them to things like that um, these students did research projects every year where they presented their research at a stem expo uh, at the university of maryland to tenured professors like it it was it was an intense Program for these students, but they got so much out of it. Um, one of my favorite experiences was taking them down to Annapolis so that they could advocate for STEM education in public schools. Like a lot of kids don't get to do stuff like this. So just, and I, I've never done anything like that. So I just remember it being an experience that not only um, was, you know, uh, transformative for them, but it definitely shaped me professionally. Um, I was specifically in a position to help pair these students with mentors who um, were at the graduate and doctorate level. So that's another unique experience that students don't get to get. We They ate meals together. They went on trips together. And they. one of my students was actually featured on um, Fox 45, the Baltimore station, because he mm-hmm. was doing innovative malaria research. So he got to be on TV, micropipetting, in a lab. Doing malaria research as eighth grader.
0: It was really so. Yeah, it, that that can really influence people's lives, and it's it like the way that you're talking about it. I can see that it's like like you're reliving it right now. I was so mad at you. And yeah. it, mind you, uh, it,
1: it wasn't all you know, flowers and cupcakes. I I remember one week logging a hundred service hours, um and that's two full time jobs plus twenty hours. Uh, so it was. It was intense. I was there all week plus Saturdays, delivering food baskets. And um, this program was, it, it was instrumental to these students. And even when the pandemic happened, um, we got to transition the program to virtual and still deliver those services to so many students. Um, I'm so grateful to have been a part of it. UMB Care Scholars Program, is an amazing program for anybody who's living in West Baltimore, going to one of these target schools, if you know a kid who would love to take part in that opportunity like that, I highly recommend passing it on.
0: So after your service year, cause you just mentioned the pandemic, but your service year was in 2018. So after your service year, you were picked up by your site, right? Yeah, so uh, after my service year, I I feel like
1: I would developed so many relationships and I'd grown so much professionally that I was offered a full-time position at UNB Cure as the mentoring program coordinator. So rad. That's, and, and that's really rare for a lot of people who, who go through their AmeriCorps service year. So um, I'm just really thankful to have had that opportunity. Uh, and I worked at my site for about two and a half years Uh Honestly, some of the, the best times in my life. Uh, like I said, when I was in uh, high school, I was always a part of different extracurricular activities. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Israel when I was in high school, so uh, to participate in like this public relations and international law program. And when I I think I just brought it up in a meeting, um, one of our like uh, one of our team meetings at Cure when I was working there, and they made that part of their program to transition students into that international program. So programs like Cure don't you they don't exist. Like the the way that these students were supported through education, but also like social services mm-hmm. and mentorship, it was um yeah, it, it one one of the best experiences of my life, and definitely transformed my trajectory from working at a furniture store <laughs> to <laughs> managing uh, a a school full of kids into managing a program that was going to help uh, pair them with mentors and really set them up. for the
0: Yeah, that is so, what a great story. Um, and so, it's so exciting. Yeah, UMB Cures is um, such a powerful program. And I think something else I wanted to just circle back with um, was Dr. Gia Guerrero-McGinnis. Did you work with her? Yeah. So at- she what? she was the executive director when I got hired. So this is the crazy thing, but this is the point I want to make about AmeriCorps alumni, because she did NCCC. I think she did NCCC. She did an AmeriCorps service year. She did. I just, yeah, I just had a pre-interview conversation with her. She's going to be featured on the podcast. And professionally, I work with her as well in some of the things that I'm doing, um, with my, my, my nine to five job. So it's, it, I was like, oh, maybe we should have like a Day and Gia kind of like, I don't know, panel or something, but I, I, yeah, I I would love to see Gia
1: again. Uh,
0: she was amazing. Well, she's at Loyola, uh, university now, so she's down the road. Um, yeah. So, um, but you know, I think that's, that's like part of it, right? Like you had a supervisor that was an AmeriCorps member and you're an AmeriCorps member and you got hired at the site. And I think that they still are hosting AmeriCorps members to support that program. So um, just such a great, um, launching point, and I bet you were killing it in the furniture industry, but I'm very happy that you, um, and, and for those folks that are listening to this right now, and you're in the middle of AmeriCorps recruitment season, just to circle back, Shadé specifically said, the post said, are you looking to grow professionally? I wrote that down because we're yep. looking for AmeriCorps vistas right now <laughs> with our program. So um, make that your lead in for, for your uh, recruitment. Definitely. Um so you said that you were at UMB Cures for a couple of years. And then um where 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 are you now or or what was your next adventure? And and maybe just real quick, during your service year, it seemed like you had a really like through your story, it seemed like you had a really great connection with the the students. Was there anybody else that was um really influential on maybe taking your next steps or moving on or the way you think about things or you know, view yeah. life? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not
1: only uh working through working at Cure that I you know got to introduce all these wonderful students and families, uh, but the entire administration team and the the whole team there were focused on my professional growth and development. And I can honestly say, uh, Dr. Debra McGinnis uh, was instrumental in getting me into uh professional development courses to. Beyond um, the mentoring sphere and kind of explore what um, I was really going to be doing uh, after I moved on from the UMB uh, Cure Scholars program. So um, and and working at UMB, you get exposed to this entire network of professionals, uh, whether they've been through AmeriCorps, like one of our uh, philanthropy, the, the, uh, one of the people who like got us many. Program, J.P. John Yeah, We all know J.P. I, don't know. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we have a connection to
0: uh, as well. Uh, the AmeriCorps circle is kind of small but well, small but big. I need to get him on the podcast because he's yeah. uh, he serves as a commissioner um, on the Maryland Governor's Governor Moore's um, Commission for Service and Volunteerism but he's he's also an AmeriCorps alum. I think he did um I think he did City Year, and um, so I think like, I think that I can get him on the podcast for sure. He's oh, like legend, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Love JP,
1: and um, and in addition to him, um, another one of the mentors who or who's part of who is still part of the program. and was a mentor at the time I was a mentoring program coordinator. Uh, they in a past life was an engineer and moved on into like the retail plant sphere and opened a plant shop on charles street like a plant shop in wine bar and um yeah i mean and when he transitioned i kind of uh helped and gone to transition into that sphere as well so not only there were like so many professional connections that were developing while i was there but when i moved on the connections that i had then trans- transitioned into new ones um no matter how the- whether they were still in that space or moved on to something else, um, those connections kind of follow you, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I'm always like, my wheels are turning like, who do I know? And now, you know, especially, you know, because I've had the experience of, of being at that executive director level for the commission, so mm-hmm. being connected nationally like we're thinking, I'm thinking about who's in which state. Sometimes my conversations that I'm having with alumni, I'm like, oh man, you need to get connected with the Washington State Service Commission. Um, you know, they're really innovative in this sort of area. And and again, that's that's kind of my idea with this podcast is that like somebody knows, somebody listens to your interview and they're across the country, but they want to do something similar, then they know like, that they have somebody in Maryland that they can reach out to, to have, you know, ask questions about certain things. Right. Um, yeah. And it will happen. It, it will happen. Um, slowly but short, one interview at a time. Yeah. It will happen. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, just this process of sharing
1: resources, um, being able to tell people about UCure UC and all the great work that they do and um, how all these nonprofit networks are connected. Uh, AmeriCorps, it, it's like this, uh, this, uh, mycelia network like that underground yes. where you never know what place you touch where you're going to touch another American member or be connected to them in some way and that's why I'm so glad that I, I
0: participated in the program we're all the little mushrooms of AmeriCorps like we're the little like the mushrooms are the like the flowers of the mycelia <laughs> so we're all like the little flowers like it's so
1: true it's so true um yeah yeah just even bring up uh, Dr. Gia I'm like I forgot that she was in America It's yeah. so many people that that service here um, it, it does more than just it's more than just professional development you, you really gain lifelong connections that will help you in the future no doubt
0: yeah during my service year it gave me confidence yeah. like and I was chatting with somebody the other day and I was like I was a mother of two like I was raising human beings and they were relatively safe for the most part. Sometimes I would let them run around in the woods and I'd be like, (laughs) whatever, just be back before the sun comes up or or the sun goes down. Um, uh, But I, you know, I still have like a little bit of um, imposter syndrome, but after my service year, I was like, Oh, wow. Like I could do the thing. Like I can figure out how to come up with a project and get all the tools and teach somebody how to do it. And then, finish it and give them an award and recognize them and do the thing, right? Um, so, yeah, the service year can be trans- transformational on all different levels for people in whatever area that they need a little bit of a boost. You right? saying that
1: just uh, helped me remember that I had the opportunity to give the speech on our volunteer airline yes. graduation. And as a person with who didn't have a lot of professional confidence at that time, um, being able to invite my coworkers and uh, uh and and to be able to do that in front of the people who I served with, it was just, I mean, that gave me a confidence too. Like, not only are the connections beneficial, but I just feel like I I grew so much as a human. My volunteer Maryland class ranged from like 19 year olds to 60
0: year olds, and we all gave each other something, and I, I I'll never forget that. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I you know, being this is kind of reminiscing. I hope people are still like listening in because I feel like right now we're like reminiscing about Volunteer Maryland. But that's one of the things about service. And depending on what type of service program you're in, you know, sometimes you're with people of your similar age. But Volunteer Maryland is one of those programs that um, I remember we had a um, someone, I don't know if it was during your service year, she was celebrating her like 80th birthday or something, or 70th birthday, right? And I had another one where an AmeriCorps member was serving and she was getting the education award. She served two years. She gave the education award to her grand her granddaughter so she could go to college. Yeah. I know, I know. That can actually happen. So folks that are listening to this that are like, ah, I'm too old for AmeriCorps, I don't need the education award, you can up to seven years after you serve, you could transfer that to um a gr- a child or a grandchild. Um so if you don't want to go back That's to school, really good to know. I think if you're over the age of like 55, so you've got some time. <laughs> Just a little bit of time. Just a little bit of time. So okay, what and so um UMB Cures was awesome. Your service here yeah. is awesome. Volunteer mm-hmm. Maryland's awesome. Um, and then, w- did it take you to what you're doing now? Yeah.
1: So, um, so because I had such an amazing experience in the nonprofit sphere, this what I mean. UMB Cure is a nonprofit program at its core. Even though they um, get all this basic funding to to support all these families, um, I stayed in the nonprofit sector, and I knew that I wanted to do that because. I've been so filled, like helping uh, other people in the community. So right now i transitioned or I have transitioned to uh, Maryland legal services corporation, which is an organization that funds grantees, other nonprofit organizations that do free pro bono legal services in Baltimore and all across Maryland. Um, so just having the opportunity, just having that experience in the nonprofit, Profit sector and get to see how many lives you touch and how many lives touch you. I wanted to follow along that same path. I, I knew I wanted to do nonprofit work again. And at MLSC, I'm so happy. Number one, it's, you know, 90% remote. So <laughs> I can't complain there. But um, you also still get to do this fulfilling work. Um, it's really great for me because I'm not as forward-facing. Uh, I think I burned out a lot during my service year and years after just because of the work it took to, mm-hmm. to run a program like that. But um, yeah, tr- just transitioning from CURE to MLFC, um in that same vein, that passion for helping others and wanting to see the, the fruit of your labor really support other people um so i'm program coordinator there or i'm sorry operations coordinator there was program coordinator at cure and uh yeah i'm really enjoying the transition uh and in addition to working my nine-to-five working on some other things for me as well yes yeah
0: well yep i'm gonna get there in one second i want to just circle back to, um, Maryland legal services and just like kind of point out that it's really cool to be in an organization that branches out to other organizations, because if we think about networking and, um, some people don't like that word networking, it's kind of like stuck in the eighties, but I guess it's like making connections and making authentic connections, right? Like that's the thing that sticks. It's like, you, I said, I don't know if I said this, I've been having so many conversations. I don't know when I say things, but like you have, like our hearts have like, I think like a, um, I don't know, nine, six foot or something like energetic field. Mm-hmm. And so you can feel like a connection when you connect with somebody. And yeah. I'm not talking about like, falling in love with anybody. It just means that like you can see someone and be like, oh yeah, like we're gonna work on a project together or something. Right. And so when you're working with an organization that that gives grant money out to other organizations, that ripple effect, and then you get mm-hmm. to make those connections. And then that, you know, just kind of builds upon itself. And then it it just, you know, and you're sure to find probably an AmeriCorps member within those networks <laughs> for sure. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. Nothing uh, I I uh, believe our ED
1: was is an Americorps alum as well. But um, just going back to that, the whole like Americorps network. Um, my Americorps, the, the network that I grew in volunteer Maryland, and then moved on to this professional nonprofit network. And I don't know if I would have found out about Maryland Legal Services if I hadn't already been connected in that nonprofit sector. Again. we'll go back to square one. My degree is in public health and psychology. So how I ended up in the legal sphere um, is is another, you know, uh, just note to how that uh, AmeriCorps network will, who knows where you will go after you finish your service year. You just have, uh, you're just introduced to all these opportunities and you can be in places that you may have never even seen yourself. If I hadn't finished my AmeriCorps, year in 2018 I don't think I would be doing what I'm doing right now um Mm. I don't know if I would have just if I would have been connected in that way
0: yeah I feel like there's kind of a net also like I feel like Um, I went through a job transition and I felt like I'm like, okay, who, who do I know from my network that can, Mm -hmm. can help me land softly on this kind of falling out of the sky sort of thing. And, you know, I, you know, not that like everybody's going to be able to like jump through hoops, but somebody knows somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that can do something like, it's just like, that's just the way it is. And as we grow and we start connecting as a network, you know, nationwide, there's, there's like so many possibilities that we we can have as as just a strong, strong, strong network. Yeah. Maybe we can come up not- with another word. <laughs> yeah. And
1: if you are a person who are like going through that transition right now, you might have finished your poor year. You might have been connected to another nonprofit. Um, MLSC is uh looking for positions. Um I mean, a lot of them are for attorneys and paralegals, but there are a bunch of opportunities to be pro directors or uh, program assistant, program managers, and a lot of different nonprofit organizations that we fund. Um, So if you're interested in more opportunities that might fit um, your nonprofit experience, what you've done during your service year, um, uh, mlsc.org, we have a resource page full of resources and open job opportunities. Um, So if you're a person who's looking to transition from one nonprofit to another or uh, interested in uh, dabble in uh, legal services, uh, I recommend checking out that page and, and learn a
0: little bit more. I'll totally um, link that in the show notes so that people can find that really easily. Thanks for dropping that. I'm sure people are going to get on that really quick. So that's yeah. great. Um, okay. So this is the best part, like the funnest part of the conversation. Cause I'm like, Okay, so you had your AmeriCorps year, you did the thing, you did it, and you're you know, we're all having our nine to five or anything, but we're all dabbling in other things, right? Like right. this is my five to eleven. you know, this is my five to eleven job. Um, yeah, yeah I was I was up editing a video the other night until like midnight. I'm like, okay, like I the first thing I'm gonna do when I can is hire an editor. <laughs> um, but what are you super jazzed about and excited about on your kind of side stuff that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, uh, my 95 at MLNC has been going great, but like
1: everybody who has survived the pandemic, I got a side hustle. And um, during uh, the pandemic, I was able to um, kind of begin a plant hobby. So I started growing plants on my patio and uh, created a business called uh, Terraria Hysteria, where we terraria make hysteria. terraria. I know because we're hysterical about terrariums, Nikki. Um, but uh, so I, I transitioned that hobby into a business. So uh, we focus on creating terrariums and 3D printed planters and uh, educating people about the plant hobby and how um, it could be beneficial to to have something outside of your to buy, Uh to kind of. It's kind of like my self care project that turned into a business, and like I. Or I was only kind of inspired to get into it because uh, another mentor from UMB Cure has started a plant shop uh, right up the street from my house the stem and vine plant shop is also a wine bar it's going to be opening soon if you guys want to check it out um, who live in the Baltimore area it's right uh, it's close to Mount Vernon but as soon as the plant shop opens we're going to be doing terrarium workshops plant education workshops um, so that the people you know this is an urban city so we don't have a lot of excess plants. Uh, so people can learn a little bit more about uh, their plant hobby and learn a little bit more about creating tiny ecosystems in your home that you can care for. Um, so my home parent service year has in some convoluted way got me here. Um, still working in the nonprofit sphere, but it also gave me the motivation and kind of like the courage to move out and do something on my own. I don't know if I would have been able to do that if I hadn't had uh, all of the experiences and the support that kind of led me to where I am right now. So um, that's my passion project. Uh, To learn more about terrarium hysteria, um, you can go to thinklikeplant.com. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about uh, the terrarium hobby, uh, I'm having a workshop and a uh, vending event or participating in an event called Flower Mart, which is also going to be at the Mount Vernon Conservancy, May 5th and 6th. If you'd like to support or just come out and learn a little bit more or just come out and enjoy that really fun festival because Flower Mart is
0: great and a big deal. <laughs> is, it, is it Flower Market or Flower Mart? Flower Mart. Flower Mart. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I'll have all of these details in the show notes and I'll make sure that it's published before um, obviously the fifth so that if people are interested they can make sure that they make plans to get out there. Yeah. Now a terrarium is it's closed right like is it sealed forever?
1: Not sealed forever and there are multiple different versions of terrariums so I make open terrariums that um, can house bunch of different plants that will continuously grow and stuff like that but i also make closed terrariums that are kind of like this um living ecosystem with mosses and it's not sealed forever um you can't open it it's recommended that you open it to let your plants breathe and it'll get all foggy if you don't uh introduce some air to it but uh yeah there are two different versions and and i make both of them
0: that's so cool that's so cool
1: (laughs) it's really fun i mean when you when you like do what you love as a business it doesn't feel like work so like you said that five to 11 um becomes like a five to two for me because I'm always <laughs> researching and I know yeah I just love it so I just yeah you're, when you turn your passion project to a business you'll never get
0: bored totally totally well that's exciting um I am I'm in full support of terrarium I have so many plants Around my house, I forget what the kind of plant is the one that you can like pinch off the leaf and then you put it in water and it's and you can and it can actually just like live in the water. I have so many of those cuttings around my house. Like I, my daughter's friend came in my house one time, this was a couple of years ago and looked around and he goes, There's a lot of plants and a lot of books. <laughs> that's
1: not
0: like my type of place to hang out. Like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I'm so happy to be connected, reconnected with you mm-hmm. and um, learn about what you're up to. And um, you know, it, it's just, it's exciting. I love seeing like where people are and learning about what they're up to and supporting wherever I can. Um, my final questions just to wrap things up. Uh, yeah and thank you again. I, I just, I,
1: I love that you're doing this, Nikki. Like if there's any person in the world that can take on this type of <laughs> endeavor,
0: uh, it's, oh, it's you. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh my gosh. that me, That is so, that was such an affirmation. I really appreciate <laughs> it. And I'm sure that you several times when we were doing the training with Volunteer Maryland, I started off a conversation by saying I was listening to a podcast. <laughs> oh, listening yeah. to podcast oh,
1: forever. <laughs> it's Full circle. It's full circle. Yeah, I feel like you were the reason I started listening to podcasts daily because
0: you always recommended
1: one. I'm
0: like, hey, I, I can get it today. Yeah, so I appreciate you um saying that. So thinking about our um this Americorps network, um <laughs> if you could do one thing with this group, um either locally, regionally, nationally, what would you want to do?
1: Hmm. Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think what I would like to do with this humongous network of AmeriCorps members is maybe start like a, a resource website or job board for people who, um, m- who you know, maybe finishing their AmeriCorps year and don't know what's next. It's like um, a lot of people come to AmeriCorps for like that professional development and that that experience in in that sector and then after the year it's done I've I'm no longer connected to my site I've made all these great connections but um I might not know where to apply or what to go next so I I just wanted if there was some way we can just share all the resources and ways that we're connected to each other just to make it easier for people to transition from their service year. because I was in a great place where I got hired at the state but some people don't get that opportunity. So what's next for them?
0: Yeah, I love that. And and I think that, you know, reflecting back on what I said at the very beginning about the AmeriCorps members who are doing so many different things. And I think that is something that's super important when we think about the network is some of us got get hired by a, our service site, and it might be like I got hired by mine. It was, you know, recreation and parks and kind of environmental stuff. And you get hired by you, and it doesn't have like we could corporate social responsibility CSR right now in corporations and companies and businesses, large and small. They're all trying to figure out how to like help their employees feel purpose. Mm-hmm. And we all went through that work during the AmeriCorps. so we'd be great people. So I love that idea, and I know. Service Year Alliance is working on some of these pieces. So there are some national networks that are building these out. Um, But, you know, we got to make sure that we touch the AmeriCorps members and say, hey, what are you up to and engage them in that. Um, So, as we close, what, um, how did how can people get in contact with you if they want to learn more about terrariums or if they have questions about um, Maryland legal services or anything that you brought up UMB cures? What's the best way? Yeah, um, well, uh, you could reach out to me via email. Um,
1: at my well, if you just have questions about like UMB cure, or MLSC, I'd be more than happy to reach uh, you know, answer any questions that might have via email. And it's my first name, dot, last name at gmail.com. If you want to if you want to learn more about the jobs at MLSC, some of those uh professional postings, you could go to MLSC.org in order to learn about and apply for some of those jobs. If you're at a nonprofit that does legal services, Go to MLSC.org and apply for our grant opportunities um, because we got funded, we got funded. So go ahead and apply. Um, the uh, If you wanna learn more about terrariums, you could go to thinklikeplants.com or you could go to our Instagram page, terraria underscore hysteria
0: uh, and connect. I love it. Okay, cool. I'm gonna make sure that all of that is in the show notes and then I'm going to have a new... Um, uh, Instagram hole that I can go into, and <laughs> when I need to take my break, uh, I'll definitely be following you on, on Instagram, and if you didn't hear, she did say they have funding, y'all, they have uh-huh. funding.
1: Yeah, specifically for nonprofits doing legal service work Services. in Maryland, um, yes, so we award uh, grants to new grantees uh, annually. Um, I believe our grant uh, process just wrapped up, but if you want to get ahead, next fiscal year, yep. go ahead and submit your application or reach out with questions. Um, I did not link a website for UMB Cure, but I believe it's just uh, QMB Cure.com, or you can okay. simply them learn how to get your kid into a program like that or learn more about the program.
0: Love it. Well, this was so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing the, the one- resource that we have that we can never get back and that's our time mm-hmm. so I really appreciate your time and it was just really fun catching up with a VM alum um I'm sure that there's going to be many of these folks on the podcast because I spent many years in that <laughs> that space so thank you Shaday and have Thanks. a wonderful evening you and too. I will and thank you all for um hanging in there and to the end and um I recently heard on podcasts that they have end of podcasts like, Groups or something like that. So, if you make it to the end of the podcast, like maybe I'll start like giving a raffle away or something like that. <laughs> like, you have to answer a question. What was the last thing that Shawnee said? <laughs> I <laughs> so, I know that. you were listening. So, all right. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. Bye.